All right. All right, everybody. This is Running With War back at it. Oh, Josh said he was going to be late, but he winds up being right on time. We are live here on uh, War on YouTube and uh, yeah, War Media and everything on a, a, joy, a joyous day to be a Bulls fan and a joyous, probably joyous day overall to be an NBA fan. This is a pretty fun day. And and I'm going to start it off pretty uh, with a pleasant surprise here. We got a, a big guest here. Uh, opening our show, the one and only Kendrick Perkins is on with us. And uh, Kendrick, man, what what do you got to say about this this big deal that the Bulls made today? Oh, oh, okay, okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. We'll we'll get, get back to we'll back we'll get back to, to him in a, in a little while. Come on, but man. He, he, you know, he he have a little trouble with he have a little trouble with with Vucevic. You know, I, I, we we all we all got to start practicing the word that Vucevic. Vucevic. That's that, Vucevic. That's the name of the new star. I was like, it, it might yeah, be Vucevic. That's the name of Vucevic. Like Vucevic. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. Vucevic. See, now it's starting to sound like Kendrick. It's, it's not it's not it's not Vucevic. There's no B in it. So don't don't call the man out of Vooch a bitch. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's a C H. Yeah, it's yeah. A double. It's the two. Yeah, you got two. Or just say, or just stick to, stick to Vooch. Between <laughs> him, between him and um, see, I now I'm about to mess her name up. What's what's my 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 lady's name? It just returned to the to the sky. Help me out, Chris, because I want to mess her name up. Um, wait. In, hold on. In oh, a stew do. There you go. Do. It's just do, yeah. It's just do. <laughs> a student do. We, a student do. We're, man. We're, we're in the national city, man. We should be able to deal with these names, man. <laughs> we got Chicago. I got, I got every Polish name down. Every possible Polish name down. If you go outside of Poland, right. I'm I'm messed up. And Nigeria. Yeah. I just got Nigeria. Yeah. <laughs> we 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 know about some Eastern European names in Chicago, man. So it's you know, but we got we got a new star here in the city, a new basketball star, Nikola Vucevic, is the newest. Uh, you know, head, headlines a, a big haul of players that the Bulls uh, picked up today in the trade deadline and the the, the waning hours, and you know, it's it's, it's a lot. It's a, it's really a lot in general, but I I think about just what yesterday was like, what last night was like, and the Bulls had this horrible performance against Cleveland. Cleveland didn't even have all its best players out there. They were stripped down. They come out with a, a bad effort. Just overall, nothing nothing was there, and 
you know, it, I don't, I don't think that was some tipping point. You know, I guess things were probably in motion well before that game, but it, it's amazing to me just how it seemed like, you know, you have you you have this low point immediate at this this immediate low point, and then not even twelve hours later, like you're talking about one of the the most momentous. Of runs of, of news that the that the team has had really, I mean, how has it been a better time to be a Bulls fan since what 2015? You know, I, I, I go back to like when they were in the playoffs and they tested, you know, uh, Cleveland that year, and you know that you had to. The, oh, the, the year they should have won. Huh? The year they should have won. Yeah, the, 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 one, the, they, the ref they, gave LeBron that timeout. Yeah, yeah, all that, and but even after, even after being hosed in the playoffs, there was talk about Carmelo coming on, and you know that 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 got through a lot of that summer, but that felt once that fell apart though, it seemed like everything started to happen negatively. It was a negative, uh, you no know, momentum from then on. You know, the next year. Uh, Rose gets uh, traded. Then they try the three alphas thing. That doesn't work. Then, uh, you know, Jimmy gets traded. And then, you know, the Bulls are just stuck in one of his, the worst periods of the franchise's history. And, you know, it takes a, a complete turnover of the front office. We get we get that turnover last year with AK and the, the, the newly christened Acme. That was what I've been seeing online now. I've seen that, yeah. Yeah, A yeah, AK and ME, you know, Mark Eversley and Connorsovis. Like they they come in, but they you know, preach patience. And not a lot happens over really over the past over over the uh the extended uh off season that we got in twenty twenty, you know, beyond picking up pay, P Will, a couple of veterans. You know, but nothing big happens. No trades. But today, <laughs> look at how many players that were that was such a big deal within the the latter years of guard packs have gone. Wendell Carter Jr. Hutchinson was a first round pick. Uh, you know, uh, who else was who else was traded to? I mean, it's 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 wild. Like. Just uh, Otto Porter Jr. was one of the biggest trades that they've made. You know, it's 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 really impressive to me just how clear-headed and how steely focused AK and, and, and Eversley have, have been in pulling off these moves. They did it without without any type of uh, you know projection on their part, any type of leakage or anything from the front office. You know if. If this would have happened with the last with the last regime, they would have telegraphed themselves so so uh, so badly. <laughs> they probably would have gave up any leverage they had and wound up giving up, you know, uh, giving up Levine for the twelfth player on the Magic's bench or something, and those two, uh, uh, you know, those two uh, uh, those two uh, potential first round picks, but. You know, but you know, we we it's it's a new day. This is really the day where we get to see how things have changed. If if you did if you didn't believe it before the day, you have to believe it at this moment. 
the Bulls are a new franchise. They are ready and willing and possibly able. We don't know if they're completely able yet, but they are willing and they're going to make the moves to make this team a winner again, a real winner. And, um, you know, with them being just three games out of the fourth spot in the East, even though they're losing. Yeah, they are. Yeah. The fourth spot. Yeah. With, and we, even with that losing record, they up to three games out. That's real bad. I don't know. I don't like, hey, but that's what it is, though. We like, like, again, going back to yesterday, I was completely fine with them just. And I was, I was looking up uh, lottery projections last night. I was like, look. You know, they, there's some. There's a couple of kids who uh, talked about they were coming out, uh, uh, and you know, reports came out of a one kid from North Carolina, a big man coming out. Uh, you know, and there was another kid that was that was interesting to me too. But like, I was just looking at some of these big men who were coming out into the draft. Was like, okay, maybe that that could be a nice pickup for the Bulls in the mid to early first round. But now it's like, you know, for multiple reasons, it's kind of playoffs or bust now. We'll talk more about that later. But just in, in the, as I wrap up my overall reaction, like it's an, it's an amazing day. Like I said, it's been a long day coming that we had feelings like be able to feel like this type of energy and positivity as Bulls fans. And, uh, you know, I'm just, I just can't wait to see these new players and playing in the United Center, playing in the Bulls Red. I think, uh, you know, they're – you know, for, for better or worse, they're a playoff team now, and they should, uh, you know, let's let's see what they can do. Like, what you guys think? <sighs> I mean, they. I I agree. I agree. They made they made moves when we are so used to the Bulls not making moves at this point in time in the year and, and watching everything happen. Um. And they were good. I, I feel bad because I really wanted Wendell to be everything that he could have been. And he just wasn't. I don't know if it was if he got hit with the, the residual boiling effect or or if the injuries kind of kind of took him out of out of what his projected path was. But I'm I'm sad that he didn't work out. I like that kid. I I just genuinely like him. But getting back Vucevic. Like I, I was talking to a friend of mine. He's been good for five, six years now. And remember when he came in the league, he and Lavoy Allen were the two guys in Philadelphia that they let go. It was part of a trade. I can't remember who they got back. <clears throat> but they, they let Vucevic go to, to uh, Orlando. And I thought that both of both of them were going to be good. The boy Allen ended up going to Indiana and and kind of fizzling out. But Vucevic was nice before the NBA really migrated towards the perimeter and the basket. So he's just added this three point shot the last couple of seasons, and pretty much since he started incorporating into his his usual offensive uh, repertoire, he's been hitting at a nice clip. He still gets rebounds. He still puts up points. He still protects the rim. So no matter what, getting Vucevic is a good pickup. They had to give away two future firsts to do it. Um, and it kind of remains to be seen 
what these next drafts look like with coronavirus, uh, with with college teams losing games, with uh, other leagues possibly hanging in the balance overseas. So um, as my friend Jordan said, the, the next few drafts might not mean that much in terms of giving those picks away, but it remains to be seen. But getting Vucevic back already and, and is those are, yeah. light years better than what we've seen the Bulls do. Like Ricky said, the last two players that they've gotten in 12 years to actually improve the team are Otto Porter and John Solomons. So right. this reestablishes this establishes them as a like you said a new team. Hey man, I gotta put some respect on John Thomas' name, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying I said it like that because it was so it's long nice. ago. This was nice, yeah. But uh, right, right, <laughs> quick. Uh, yeah, you're right. The, yeah, the distance. Yeah, Thomas was nice though, but. For me, that's sort of, sort of worry about the picks. If the Bulls are are up and worried about being in the top four again in the draft, then something's gone wrong. They're horribly wrong beyond their efforts they've made today. So I, I you know, if if the Bulls are in the low teens or early twenties or low, you know, God, God, you know, you know, even lower than that in the draft, you know, who cares about those picks, really? No, that's true. I mean, Real G's moving sounds like lasagna, right? This is what Arturis Karnisivis and Mark Eversley have stated <laughs> from the beginning about how they, how they wanted to do those things. And um, we saw how strategic they were when they were firing Jim Boylan, saw them how strategic they were when they were going to the draft process. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of something – uh, series and we see the, the effects of what it means to be strategic and go from there to um, get the talent that you want to get. That's what that's pretty much all what it really boiled down to. And for them to do it as strategically as they did, man, that's it's it's a great day to be like Kyle mentioned. It's a great day to be a Bulls fan. We got quality talent that's good in their primes right now to pair up with Zach Levine, and on top of that, you. You, if you may not have the cap space after this offseason now to go out and get a big free agent, but you at least create a culture that's attractive to the city and to free agents on the outside looking in. And that was always been the struggle for the Bulls that were within the Gar Pax era. Now that's changing. And a lot of regular talented players with superstars are really noticing that change. So it may not, it may, so it may be a benefit, may not, maybe not next year, but even the year after, when you talk about more big time, you know, talent potentially being on the market. You're going to look at Chicago and be like, I'll maybe a, a place I want to come and really spend prime years of my career thriving in. And that's something that the Bulls have lasted for years. So, if anything, I'm glad that it's not just happening now, but it helps shape the Bulls to better in the future from a free agent perspective, from a more talent perspective, and as an actual place for people and top tier talent in general to actually come to the city and want to play for a franchise that rightfully deserves to be in the upper echelons of talent all throughout the league. Here, here. Yeah, I mean, this this move was like the ultimate bait and switch, man, out of left field. Like, I'm, I'm sitting there waiting for news about Larry Markin and Alonzo Ball and possibly Steven Adams, and I get I get a, a text, or I'm looking at Twitter, and I'm seeing Vucevic. I'm like, are you serious? Wow. I just I, – I couldn't believe it, and it – 
it jives well with all the changes that have been going on when they switched up the starting lineup and they infused Thad and, and Saddle into the starting lineup um, and kind of just, you know, playing up to the fact that Zach has played much better. This team has looked much better when he's surrounded by veterans. Uh, I think it proves that they're going to max or get close to maxing Zach Levine and they're going to, they're going to ride him and his development, um, which we weren't, we were unsure of if they were going to do that before the season started. We didn't know other than Patrick Williams, we didn't know who they would kind of, um, you know, hitch themselves to, so to speak. So it's, it's, it's all good, man. I, I know that some fans are still a little upset about Larry still being here and, um, our need to to get somebody to connect it all together in terms of a point guard, but we're still better now than we were at this time yesterday. And that has to make Bulls fans everywhere happy. I'm not, as you guys pointed out, I'm not that upset um, at all about losing those draft picks because if you are going to go all in with Zach Levine, those you're not, you don't really have time to wait for these young guys. uh, If you were to, try to go about bettering your team through the draft. You have to act now. Uh, Josh, like you said, uh, having two bona fide all-stars, two legitimate scoring threats, all three levels, like not a whole lot of teams have that. Um, and that's got to be attractive to free agents come this summer and next. Yeah, sorry. sorry. All right, guys, I was trying to get in uh you no know, ak is doing a conference right now so i'll stay streaming live here on youtube let me see what uh, at that this thing is acting up Can you hear it decent? I'm not really hearing anything. It's it's kind of background noise. Uh, Children of the ghetto. I will say one thing. It's the Bulls yeah, got to get wind may, off this. It may not come into the mic as well as right They've made the moves for the personnel that they can that they can turn into uh, W. So they got anyway. Be w. That that's true. Well, that stream is available on. Uh, but uh, uh, go ahead, Chris. What you was, you said? You, you think that you think it should turn into wins right away? Yeah, pretty much. They they they've gotten the personnel that they need to get to the playoffs this year, right? That's what we've all seen. Just by Vucevic alone is a major upgrade. You've got Zach, who's an all-star. You've got Kobe, who who still hasn't reached his ceiling yet. We, we pretty much know what he can do, but he's an asset for you, right? So you have a team with a better rotation. You get back a guy in Daniel Tice, who we haven't talked about yet, who's a quality piece. Um, yeah. and, a, and a coach like Donovan can can should be able to utilize him well. So you got to get to the playoffs. That's what this all these steps 
happen in sequence, right? Before we get to getting other free agents, before we get to swinging for the fences, you got to win. You got to show you can win, make the playoffs. And if you want to keep Vucevic around, which I suggest that they try to sign him, the Bulls have to show that they can keep guys like that who are established stars before, again, they can look to free agency and swinging at some of those names that come out like um, Jokic I've seen tossed around. I'll, put, I'll push back a little bit on that. I think while the team is improved, certainly, and I think they're improved not only uh, skill-wise, but and you could say they're improved as tough tough team, tough, tougher as well. I think there they may be still some issues in regards to team defense and you know the just overall you know, there may be some overall issues in regards to just you know, getting together as a team right away and rotational issues and stuff like that. Who's gonna play where, who's gonna play best next to who. You know, there there's been some talk already about um, uh, you know about uh, Laurie and him being better as a star coming off the bench, you know, and then there's a there's a possibility he could do either or. But how would that affect him? Given you know the the fact that he has a future that he sees of of himself, you know, as a starter, you know, I I mean, you know, there's egos that are involved as well too. Like, with all that said, I just I don't put I really personally I'm not gonna put too much pressure on the remainder of this year. Like you know they should make the playoffs again because the East is not very tough from four down. You can say it. You know, huh? You can say it. Yeah, they're Try. not. They're, the, the East is is pretty trash. But at the same time, <laughs> when you look at like we'll go around the league. You look at a Miami. Miami's probably gonna get that four spot now. So really, you look at five down now, and it's like okay, if the Bulls are if the Bulls going if the Bulls somehow get into the five spot, that's great. But you know, you're probably looking at getting knocked out by that number four Miami team, or uh, you know who else may be in that spot. You know. Uh, uh, yeah, I guess man, probably they'd probably be Miami because the top three looks like it's pretty locked. But and anyway, I, I just like I, said, I just the Bulls are not a, a Eastern Conference contender like that yet. So I'm not putting too much pressure on the remainder of this season. And I know and knowing that Vucevic is is held up contract is a good is a good thing. So you know that you know you don't have to work. That's that piece you don't have to worry about. You don't have to worry about Zach in the immediate future, but that is something that you want to get ahead of. So, you know, if the Bulls can come into next season with both of those players pretty much locked down and satisfied, then you got the core that you want going forward anyway. And we know that AK and and Mark Eversley is going to do the things that they feel needs to be done to have the team be the best that it can be, to give Donovan the team that he wants going into next season. So that's really where I think you step up the pressure 
with this team. But right now, I, there is some – I'd say I would give them a little bit of leeway in that case because they did a lot of change to the roster today. We can't underscore that. They changed a lot today. So, you know. And, and to your point, uh, with that change, there's a change, there's a change in roles that probably has to happen. Uh, and, and though Donovan has a much better roster at his disposal, like he's got some decisions to make. Right. Because I, I don't think you can put Laurie in the starting lineup um, with Vooch. I just think that's – I mean, I know Vucevic gives you a little bit – more rim protection or a lot more rim protection than, than Laurie would, but having both of those guys out there, I think puts you at a disadvantage right off the bat, just in terms of that side of the ball. I think you're better off starting Thad. And then also, but then the the other point of that is if you keep Laurie on the bench, now he's coming in likely with Kobe unless you find a way to stagger his minutes with Saddle. Um who is the guard that kind of he operates the best with um, everybody else. I want to say, you know, the numbers just aren't there for him. Um, those advanced type metrics. So, I mean, it's, it's some, some, some decisions that have to be made. Um, if Pat's going to stay in the star lineup, now he just kind of thrust more into that three spot, which I get he's been playing more so on the defensive end. Um, but now he's going to be asked to do maybe a little bit more. Uh, on offense, just in terms of, um, uh, you know, maybe catching and shooting uh, from the arc, maybe the corners, um, playing off of uh, Vucevic and and um, Levine. I mean, yeah, those are good points. And I think at the same time, too, we got to think sort of the long picture term, right? Um, when they made this move with Vucevic, Knowing that his contract is now more of a team-friendly contract, it opens up that door for them to sign Zach uh, into that max contract. So because of that, I think you know, it's trending on Twitter right now with the uh, with the press conference. One of the first things he said was he wants to make this city a, a you know a free agent destination that's based on winning. You don't do that unless you have the right contracts with the right talent that goes with those contracts. Um, Vujovic provides that. And having that with Zach Levine, that's a deadly two duo combination on this an offensive end that is going to be very tough and difficult to guard because of the versatility that both of those players can bring. And to your point, Drew, Laurie Marketing, yeah, that's not going to be a good fit. And honestly, that's why a lot of people thought he was going to be traded today because of that, the fact that he doesn't work well with Vujovic on the court at the same time. So, yeah, there's going to have to be an adjustment. Laurie's going to have to be willing to make that change because I, that change is going to come, especially since he didn't get his contract extension. It's a contract year for him that he's trying that he's trying to prove. And on top of that, he hasn't been able to stay healthy for a full season. So he has a lot to prove and move on the table. Maybe him going to the bench will help boost that that, um, that, that characteristic personnel that he needs to help him move forward in the way that he needs to move forward. It may actually be, be a blessing in disguise for him. But at the same time, you got to be able to have that confidence within yourself to believe that. That's part of why the Bulls made so many trades today. The toughness component, right? The mental uh, capacity of things. That's why they got rid of Wendell. All the, most of the players that they traded were players were mentally weak, or they could not handle the transitions that were taking that were taking place, and they knew that. So they were saying if they want to win, they can't. They have to change the environment, and that's what led to the moves that they made today. They brought in a lot of tough guys. 
not just physically, but mentally. Um, so it's a good change for the Bulls. It's exciting for the Bulls. But and then and it opens up the it opens up a nice door for the future, especially now that you have two for sure all stars in their prime, locked in or at least increased chances of having them both locked in long term. But but but, but I just can't help harp enough this free agent component or this idea now that you know people are going to want to come to Chicago now because of the moves that are being made. Yes, it's going to take time for the for the Bulls to gel, get the chemistry. Hopefully they'll make the playoffs and be a good spot in the playoffs so they can make some noise. But after this season, I think is where the real change is going to is going to begin. That's where the real shifting is going to take place because people are going to look at this franchise and realize, okay, this, the Bulls are for real now. They may not be winning at the rate that they want to, but the culture is being developed there. The coaching staff is there. The front office is there. The respect factor as a whole is there. So that's a lot, and that's something that free agents and people even that want to be traded or want to be or want to go to a team, go to the team from another team. That's something that they're going to consider. And the fact that we have that is something that we've lacked for years. And I'm and I'm just glad that that change has taken place. Speak speaking though to the edge, the the hopefully what will be a newly uh, re, re, revived competitive edge, a newly revived toughness. With the team, with these moves, and I want to, I want to shout out Troy Brown Jr. as well. As a, that's a pickup I like today, uh, along with Tice, like he's, uh, like Drew, like you mentioned. You know, I think Brown will give a little bit more on the on the perimeter, uh, along with what, like uh, much of the way that Tice is going to bring in the uh, in the interior as a rotational guy, a guy who can do multiple things. And uh, you know, really contribute, but not not gonna be a big star, but can really contribute uh, in multiple ways. But uh, uh, to to Chris's point though about the team being improved right, showing improvement right away, and exhibiting that improvement on the court, you know, we uh, Wendell was quoted in one of the papers today, you know, about yesterday. He was quoted as saying that they just didn't take Cleveland serious yesterday. And I don't know, you know, if that's, you know, I don't know if you should credit him for his self-awareness there, but I think you can also discredit him for not being able to do anything to stop that. You know, he said that he saw that in, in the, in the warmups and them, you know, running it, you know, doing this, that thing before the game that he noticed that, but y'all went out there and still gave that sorry performance that you did. So, when I see something like that, I'm like, okay, bye bye, Wendell. That you you just prove again why we don't uh you know we're not gonna really miss you. And you know, other players like again, you know, nice players, good guys apparently, but you know, Otto and you know, all these other guys, Chandler Hutchinson, like, you know, we you we had you gotta we had to shed you and, and you had to go somewhere. And like I say, with the guys that we have now, you know. If if we had them at the beginning of the year, maybe we already have that four spot locked up. Maybe we're competing in that top four already because when you look at the number of games that the Bulls have given up this year, they should be at least a 500 team. So it's, you know, that's the type of thing that, you know, I, I, I will credit, with, uh, uh, you know, to what you say, Chris, 
you know, this is a team that could be better in a better spot immediately. Then I don't know if that would have made a difference in, in how they would have approached today if they were, you know, 24 and 19 instead of 19 and 24. But, you know, what we get today, like I say, it's a, it's a good thing. It's a positive thing. And, you know, it could be positive in, in the immediate future. It definitely, I think, is going to be positive in the uh, ongoing future. And we welcome another guest on the show. <laughs> what? That's it. Who's that? Who's oh, our, oh uh, who's Con- this, uh, this Connor. Connor, what up, man? Say hi. <laughs> oh, man. That's a nice, that's a nice kid. I thought y'all, y'all said that. I thought Blue Check Tone slid in. <laughs> <laughs> no, Blue, no. Check. Blue Check Mark Anthony. <laughs> but no, uh, I, I uh, I, I agree with your point. I hadn't I haven't seen much. It's it's hard for me to characterize guys as 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 um not mentally tough without seeing them, especially a guy like Hutch who was hurt a lot. And you know, the it's it, I feel like sometimes you say guys, not you, the it's it's said that guys are soft because they get sure. hurt, because they're out, and you're like, you know, it's still the old thing, it's like, you know, why isn't this guy playing? Oh, he's got a hangnail. He's got a blister. You know, I go, I go to work every day with blisters. You know, stuff like stuff like that, where you where you're making comparisons that don't actually work. But that's a good quote as any. If the Wendell who came out of Duke, I thought was going to mature into a leader just based on his defensive prowess alone, and it just seemed like somewhere along the line his confidence just dwindled to 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 zero. You know, he couldn't hit the three point shot. Um, he would have, he would like just a lot of games where he was, was just duds. And then he would have one or two games where he was kind of lighting it up, you know, 10 boards, 16 or 17 points. And I was like, this is the window that we expect. I don't, you know, I don't want to harp on him, but if, if these are the guys that you got, I think that still speaks to the, to the idea that they should be able to, at least it's only three games, like you said, to get to the fourth spot. In this East, the Bulls are 10th right now, and they're four games under 500. There's three teams who are 500 tied for like the sixth through eighth, sp- uh, the sixth through eighth spots, or the fifth through seventh. Yeah, that's there should be with, with these guys, with this coach who has recognized in countless press conferences what their faults are, what their failings are in these games, even if it's a tough schedule. Can they win? Can they go three games over 500 the rest of the way? If if the answer is yes, then they should make the playoffs. Uh, if all you got to do is get to five hundred to get to a, a seed higher than eighth, you should make the playoffs. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, was, I was about to say, but you, yeah, that's that's definitely a good good point there, Chris. And, and I think you know, like, uh, uh, God, well, I, was, I don't know, I just forgot where I was going to go to, but. <laughs> But I think, um, yeah, I, th- I think from there we'll just let's just go into some of the other deals that were made. What the other things that were, um, you know, I, I say this was a, 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 a raucous day overall. A lot of a lot of things came across the wire today, and you know, I think a couple a couple deals were sort of late last night, like you know. DeLon Wright getting traded uh, from Sacramento to Detroit. You know, not much of anything there. Then uh, 
you know, you had JaVale McGee. I think that was sort of early this morning getting traded to the Nuggets from Cleveland. Oh, uh, back to the Nuggets. Yeah, Nuggets Nuggets came up pretty uh, you know, pretty good today with McGee and later, of course, uh, Aaron Gordon. Uh who they gave up they gave up Gordon for Gary Harris, RJ Hampton, and um Okay, now, now, let me, now I got my last point now because I'm, I'm thinking about Orlando again. Okay, but the last point I was going to make about uh, uh, Wendell and the Bulls was that, uh, you know, the trick, you, 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 you talk about this confidence. And, you know, like I said, I don't wish bad on Wendell. I want him to grow and flourish as a, as a player. And I think a move, you know, this move could be the right thing for him. It could be just what he needed. And you know him, he's going to be in Orlando. He's he may be slide. I guess he may be slotted in the, in their starting lineup right away. So he'll be able to play much like he did here in Chicago with a lot less pressure. And um, you know that'll be that could be a great thing for him. So you I know, mean, look at my folks. Yeah, exactly. I was I was Prime thinking, that. yeah, yeah. We may look up in a couple of years, and those two may be a. a Nice little duo down there with some other other talent. It's I, I, it's one thing though with Orlando. It seemed like they do ever since they got to they had those championship or near championship teams with how Dwight Howard in them. They seem to do these rolling rebuilds every couple years, and they they strip they they have a couple people they give money to. But then they get rid of those guys, and then they just keep on rolling with another rebuild. So I would think it's kind of frustrating to be an Orlando basketball fan. You know, I don't know how fervent they are, but uh, you know, but it seems like they're in that position once again. Definitely, you know, when you look at them giving up Vucevic and Aaron Gordon in the in the same day, but both of those guys were frustrated. I think maybe Gordon more even more publicly so. But you know those are guys who they really couldn't keep on the res on the on the reservation too much longer. Yeah, but, but at, uh, least, at least their front office now they they picked a, a spot instead of just kind of hanging in basketball purgatory where you're not quite bad yeah. enough to get you know a lot a top lottery pick. You're not um, top uh, good enough to win a playoff series. So now they just let themselves bottom out, maybe strike gold in this um was supposed to be a deep draft. I think next year is supposed to be deep too. So. You know, I, I guess good for them in the long run, maybe. Yeah, I mean, you look at, if you look at the, the the deals from their end, yeah, sure. At the, uh, uh, actually, I don't have the full details on the Fournier trade. Uh, like I said, another big name for them. You no, know, he, he was a big score for them. Uh, and um, uh, I said they get a first-round pick from the Nuggets. With Harris and R.J. Hampton, they get the two picks from the Bulls. Are we? Do we know that the one pick is from this year? Is it? Do we know that? Uh, it said twenty twenty one. Okay. Okay. So now, nah, yeah. So the Bulls. Like I say without yesterday, I was thinking about guys who the Bulls could get in the first round this year. That's out the door now. But that's fine. We got Nikola Vucevic. Okay, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> but uh. Like some of the other deals, uh, again, uh, mentioned the the Wizards guys that they picked up. It was it was going to be Mo Wagner along with Troy Brown. Uh, that was the initial trade, but it turned into a three way 
with Boston involved. Uh, Daniel Gafford and Hutchinson. I, I mentioned Hutchinson as a guy that's earlier to say bye-bye to. Uh, Gafford, uh, maybe again, another guy who, you know, I, I, I'm not, like I say, not hostile to these players. It's just they weren't, I don't know if, if they didn't have enough chances or what, but from what we've seen of them, like I said, we see flashes, but we just didn't, they didn't, I don't think you could say that any of these players that they traded today made the most out of the time that they, that they had on the court. Like, like Chris say, I wouldn't, I don't hold it against nobody for being injured. You can't really control that. But you, when you are on the court, you got to make the most out of your term on the court. And, you know, with, it, with all these guys that we give, it's nobody who we gave up today. The Bulls gave up. I keep saying we. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> but the Bulls <laughs> gave up today. I got to correct myself so many times on Twitter. Erase, yeah. erase. <laughs> there, I know, I know. Pain objectivity, man. Yeah. There's so many guys. So many guys. The like, none of the guys that the Bulls gave up today. You can look at it and say, "Damn, man, I would have loved him if, if, if we could have had him for for this another year or so. If we could have had him with this this new nucleus that we're developing here, you know, that's something that you saw. You heard. You said a lot more in the guard packs era. But you don't – I don't – I don't. I just uh, I can't say that with any of the guys that the Bulls gave up to them. But, uh, again, looking looking at some of the, at the other deals, uh, a, a George Hill going from the Thunder to the 76ers, uh, Tony Bradley, Terrence Ferguson. And oh, that's a three-way with the Knicks. Austin Rivers going to uh, – Oh, I guess yeah, he's going to OKC, which is wild because like he's not going to his pops. <laughs> and and uh, my man, yeah, my my man, the uh, the the gift guy, the uh, uh, my man used to play for UCLA. He did the uh, he did the thing where uh, the Fresh Prince episode where he's he's a Austin <laughs> he's Austin his will and uh. <laughs> And Doc is uh is is is, is his dad, and that Doc is uh oh is, is Will's dad, and he said, "Why don't he awoke?" <laughs> hey, Austin, Austin got Doc teched up at one time and tossed out. Right. Uh huh. Ain't no family no more, man. <laughs> he said Doc Doc couldn't even trade for him though, man. He's like, he's like I'm out here, man. You know, hey, put me on Alex the squad. Alex Avila's dad traded him twice off the Tigers, I'm pretty sure. So, ain't no love. <laughs> no love! Ain't no, ain't no, ain't no love. That's right. <laughs> but uh, Trailblazers pick up Gary Trent. Uh, uh, Trey Gary Trent, excuse me. That was, that was actually something that the Bulls were getting rumored for Gary Trent because after – the Vucevic trade, it was starting to seem like they, you know, that getting Lonzo was going to be too much. So maybe another option would have been Gary Trent Jr., but he winds up going to Toronto for Norman Powell. And, um, of course, we'll talk about some of the deals that haven't been made. That's that's sort of a, the big, as big of the news as, as the deals that were made today. Uh, of course, Rondo getting traded 
and Lou Will. Uh, I know, Josh, you were all up on that. Lou Will returning to Atlanta and Magic City for full time. <laughs> and, uh, Rondo is going to be, uh, you know, that veteran guard for the Clippers now. He's going to be in the mix again in L.A. in the playoff situation. Uh, Pelicans traded Reddick uh, to the Mavs uh, for James Johnson and some others, Wes Wundu. Uh, Brad Wanamaker uh, from the Warriors going to the Hornets. And, of course, the late, the big late trade. Well, I say uh, the Daniel, you already mentioned Daniel Thies. Uh, like I say, that formulated that third, that three-way with the Bulls, Celtics, and um, uh, Bulls, Celtics, and Washington. Uh, so it wound up being Wagner going to Boston with these coming here. and um, But the big late trade, uh, a, a late announcement at least, was Oladipo going to, from Houston to the Heat, A.V. Bradley, Kelly Olenek, and a draft swap included in that deal. So out of the other deals, I would, you know, I guess that no, that's the big headline, the Old Depot trade. Uh, you know, you know, what what what, what sticks out to y'all about that trade or any others that came across the, the wire today? My man, Jimmy getting more help. They already had, they already, they already got Trevor Ariza, and now they talking about buying out um Lamarcus Aldridge. I'm not saying they're gonna beat the damn Harlem Globetrotters over there in Brooklyn, but. Man, I like what they're doing for Jimmy. So I'm gonna just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it just shows how low of an interest uh Old Nichols market was. Because you only give up Avery Bradley, Kelly Olenek from a contract perspective, is not that high. And you only dress and you only and you don't it's not like you get a draft pick, you actually just switching one. So you're not really losing too much. Um, jeez. I mean, Pat Riley finessed the hell out that deal. I mean, <laughs> he can't get it no sweeter than that. I mean, I know he has an expiring contract, but considering the fact that Victor Oladipo actually wants to be in Miami, he wants a long-term contract there, and you already locked up Bam out of Bayou. You st- you were able to keep Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson, which was an issue when uh when they were having discussion with the Kyle Lowry trade. Because he was supposed to go to Miami, or rumors supposed to go to Miami, but you know they didn't want to put Tyler Hero in the deal. So being able to keep all your guns and still get a nice, at least a nice quality piece that has All Star potential, that has that All Star potential to pair up with Jimmy Butler for this late for this last push, man. And, and like you mentioned, uh, Marcus Aldridge too. It's crazy how how low of a market it was just because of Oladipo's, not just his skill set, but I guess what he went through the past couple of years with his injuries, um, injury bug, trying to recover from the, from those major injuries that he's had. He just never seemed right after that. Um, and I guess with him going, you know, being traded from Indiana to Houston and what's going on with the Indiana rebuild and Houston's debacle of, of the season with James Harden and unfortunately, you know, getting rid, you know, getting rid of DeMarcus Cousins and this 20 game losing streaks. Like that's how I don't even want to go into that. And, and, and I just think that's just like the, like the icing on the cake for this season. Cause they really just got gypped with this deal. Victor Oladipo. Um, 
I don't know. I just I I'm, I was just surprised that his his market value was that low. But at the same time, it's that's just that that's what happens when you're dealing with people that sort of have not don't have an idea what they're doing compared to the goats in the game. That's Pat Riley finessing the hell out of a, out of a, the Rockets new GM. I forgot his name, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think they were saying that Norman Powell, stole, Norman Powell stole uh, all the Depot's market. You know, there's a reason why some teams, they're able to reload and not really rebuild. And Miami is one of those teams. Like, they never really have to fully rebuild. And that's because of that's because of Pat, you know. Mm-hmm. The OG. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's actually a couple things here um, that I'm – I saw a headline and I haven't I wasn't able to read much into it about the Raptors and uh, Pascal Siakam going off the other day and that the Raptors are kind of splitting at the seams. I mean they're, yeah. they're, they're they're losing Lowry at some point if they haven't already traded him. I, I want to talk about Oladipo first because I, I kind of feel the same way Josh except I mean he's only played in about 80 games over the past three seasons. And it's it's a bad knock for when you get a guy like of his skill set that just keeps getting hurt. It's not his fault. But it's a what what have you done for me lately kind of league. And he had those two all-star seasons, got the big contract at Indy, and they looked like they were really going places. And truthfully, they would be going places if Oladipo was on the court with Sabonis. But he, but he hadn't been able to stay healthy. They let him. They they traded him to Houston, and he's played twenty games for the Rockets and and looked pretty good. Just according to the stats, he's looked like pretty a a pretty good version of Victor Oladipo with twenty one five and five. But I don't I don't know, man. It's whereas you could say Vic Oladipo might be like. You're one of your top two guys on a contending squad. I hesitate to say that now. And so I think that's why Miami was able to get him to supplement the core that they have rather than rather than leading that core that they have. You know, it wasn't a t- it wasn't a pickup for a team that was looking for the piece, like the 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 big piece, like say the Bulls would be, it was a team that was trying to supplement their their deep playoff aspirations. Yeah. I mean, then let's not, you know, I, I don't want to say that a player was tanking or or try to like insinuate that Victor Oladipo was, but I gotta I gotta think that if you're in that type of situation on this on this franchise that's, that doesn't really know which way it's going. You know, John Wallace heard DeMarcus Cousins hurt, not playing, whatever. How much of that, you know, you're going through this? I don't know, man. Like, that just has to affect your mentality somewhat. And now you're going to a franchise that was just in the finals that is about that action. You get, you ain't uh-huh. in there. You're not, you're not about to come in there and just chill. Like, you also have the privilege of being a third option on that team now. I mean, this, this could be a godsend for him, too, and his value. 
Drew, yeah. Drew, I think I think the way to describe that after the previous guy who got out of Houston, uh, Harden, I, I I I would say he didn't put on the fat suit. That's the way to describe it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I like yeah. it. I like it. <laughs> hard to put on the fat suit, you know. All the depot man. was short of that. Man, that man got in shape real quick over there in Brooklyn, boy. <laughs> I do wonder though if my if Oladipo can really last in Miami just because of the way that culture is. It's so intense. It's so you know basketball twenty four seven. Give it all you got. Locked down. No tolerance policy type of deal. Vic is Victor Oladipo was the happy guy that'll come out the court and sing you a little R and B song or put the song. <laughs> <on>. <laughs> Man. I, don't oh, man. I don't know if that's a good fit for him long term. I mean, if, I, I mean, I, I can't say nothing because you know it's Pat Riley. If you come to Pat Riley's group, I'm pretty sure you'll be just fine. But I don't know. I don't know, Jimmy Brother. I mean, he already has his his way of you know being the coffee guy. Listen, while listening to Taylor Swift. I don't know if Victor Oladipo wants to come in and jack that up. I try to put on an R and B album that he created <laughs> in, in, in the locker room. I don't think Jimmy gonna have that, man. <laughs> right. This man is wild, it's my latest. Man. It's my latest deep cut, Jimmy. Just take it out. <laughs> you think just Jimmy listens to country? You don't, you don't get down to R and B. Jimmy don't get down to R and B behind the closed doors, I don't man. Know, man. I don't the know. Thing is for the public. <laughs> it's a time of right. We all got right? different sides, you know. People, you know, yeah, there's a lot of black people listening to country music, man. Yeah, I mean there is. I just don't know if he's gonna vibe at that locker room. I mean, he, he may want to sort of vibe. I don't think R&B yeah. about singing about R&B and ain't got nothing to do with a basketball going. You know, I don't know that's gonna work. Especially since he got the moves, he's smooth with it. He's trying to play his demo real man. He's trying to hit them streets out of Miami. Say, yo, I'm trying to get DJ Khaled on these joints, man. Let's go. <laughs> Talk about another one. <laughs> In the locker room, you just gotta let everybody have their turn with the aux cord. You know, you got you can't let anybody hog the aux cord. Let everybody get their, their time. You know, <laughs> sometimes you be listening to the to the smooth stuff. Sometimes you listen to you know the folksy stuff, and sometimes you listen to the hardcore stuff. You know, just try to mix it in with everybody. Did, did you just spill the tea? Is is that what led to the the Chicago Bulls locker room issues with Jimmy Butler? They wasn't. It wasn't spreading the wealth on a music tip. I would imagine that probably was a harder goal. <laughs> at least when, at least when, when Rose was there, he probably was a little less, uh, <laughs> right, a <little> less forgiven. <laughs> no, I don't know. I, I have no information on it. <laughs> but we we talk about Miami, and you know, you talk about the. Uh, the environment, uh, you know, the the mentality down there in Miami, the culture, as it were, and a lot of people thought that, uh, you know, a Kyle Lowry would have been a good fit down there because of that. Let, let's talk about some of the deals that didn't get made today, and you know, apparently some of the rumors that they got there. You know, we follow quite a few people, including I got Scoop B, who seemed to be plugged in with some of the the processes as these things happen in the, you know, 
have some information as to why deals get made and why they don't get made and you know what type of offers are being made and stuff and some in regards to Lowry who was being sought after by a few teams including the Lakers apparently you know there were some players who were being put out there or who were being asked for I would guess by Masai Ujiri in Toronto who you know these other teams just weren't you know, flexible on like uh, apparently Tyler Hero was the was the case down in Miami, and uh, you know maybe a, a Taylor Horton Tuck, Horton Tucker was in L.A., which is quite surprising. You know, but uh, you know what what do you guys think about this whole thing? Do you think that it was a missed opportunity that uh, Lowry wasn't dealt with today, and uh, uh, Philly as well? We got to mention Philly as well with that, but. Uh, you know, do you think it was a missed opportunity that he didn't get dealt today, in particular to one of those teams, or what? It's it's interesting because I saw that um, apparently LA was willing to give up a ton to get. I think yeah, you said Scoop said that they were they were they offered Schroeder, Tucker, Horton yeah. Tucker, KCP, and and somebody else to get Lowry. And I can't imagine that would be just for Lowry. No disrespect to Kyle Lowry at all, but that's four players plus somebody else that I can't recall just for one guy. That's a, that sounds like a LeBron decision almost. (laughs) It really does. And not, you know, LeBron's a smart dude, but I feel like he gets fixated on the guy he wants sometimes. And is like, we need to do whatever we can to get this guy because that guy's available and that's what we need. And I don't know if if you get those guys in Toronto or technically in Tampa this season, you know, where do they fit? What do they do? They're good players, but how much do they add to your team? What are you trying to do this season with, like I said, the Raptors kind of coming apart? They add to the beaches. You said what, what, uh, Josh? They add to the beaches in Tampa. Yeah, you don't want to go. You, come yeah, on, you don't want to go. They probably can't the beach right now. Like, you don't want to go to the, the beach in Tampa right now, man. Be, be safe. <laughs> be safe. And send you to social distance, man. <laughs> right. You just you just rolling in COVID at this point. Man. For real, man. Yeah, you know what? If if we'll I'm Asai Ujiri, like in a COVID. If I'm Asai Ujiri, I'm like, hey. I don't want to give those guys. Um, I, I know I appreciate what y'all doing, but I don't want to expose all those guys to the potential of catching coronavirus down here. So we're gonna let this one go. We're gonna wait till we're back in Toronto, and then let's talk next season. Let's just do that. Mm-hmm. That that makes sense though. What you said, Chris, about uh, Scoop B's um, report about how that might be linked to LeBron, because with him being injured, I think he's supposed to be out four to six weeks, and Anthony Davis still going through what he's going through. LeBron might be like, man, I don't know if these guys as is can keep this ship afloat. Let me let me go try to get another quasi star, superstar type level player. Um, so I, I can see I can see him trying to work behind the scenes for that for sure. But I had a brain cramp for a minute when you said Larry. I thought she was talking about marketing. That's why I made that face. Like, wait, what? They about to give it? Oh up. yeah. <laughs> I need some more coffee, man. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is that's definitely right up LeBron's alley, man. I mean, LeBron's a recruiter. He knows what he likes. He knows what he likes. And when he tells you what he likes, nine out of ten, because he's King James, you get what the king wants. 
I mean, he, he's done that since Cleveland. He, he didn't, you know, Wade brought him in Miami. He saw how things operated in Miami, what brought him those two championships. And since then, he's like, okay, I'm the captain now. So you tell, you do, you do as I say. And that and that's what happened when you brought in Kevin Love, championship. Goes to LA and they bring in Anthony Davis, championship. He it's it's the same, it's the same cycle. So I'm not surprised that it's LeBron James, you know, pushing the narrative of saying, you know what, I need to get a third guy. I mean, they've been that this is the rumor that the Lakers have been trying to get a third guy for the longest, which is why you heard the Bradley Beal rumors. That's why you heard um potentially using people like Montrez Harrell and things of that sort to get to get that third superstar over there. Cause that's what he's accustomed to playing with. That's what he likes. Um and you see is that trio in Brooklyn. He's looking around. Yeah. Like, I mean I got A D, but that's a different type of firepower over there, man. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. So he's 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 gonna do whatever it takes to win that championship. Of course, you know, he's gonna say, you know, I'm the best. I'm not worried about all that. We got I like the guys we got. Yeah, okay. You tell me you can get a superstar on your roster. You told me you can get another superstar in the prime on top of that. You told me if Bradley Bill wasn't available, they weren't gonna pull that trigger. Oh yeah, he would have said, "Get the, the hip." Hey, I'll pack your bags for you, bro. You can go on my private jet right now. <laughs> you ain't gonna be on the flight. I'll, I'll get my private jet for you. Like, he ain't gonna. He's not gonna turn that down. I mean, so of course that. So of course, this is a LeBron. I I do believe this was a LeBron James type of motive. But at the end of the day, this is something he's done all his career, especially since he left Cleveland. This is something that and went to Miami. This is something he's been accustomed to. This is what he's always done. So there's nothing new. I think what's new is the fact that the Lakers responded by actually not doing it. And the reason why is because, you know, they did everything that they could to pull the Anthony Davis train. They did everything right to get that done. They got the championship. You want to keep that winning thing afloat. But they also know that what they're giving up is so much in the in situation that they're in right now. Kyle, even, though I love, even though Kyle Lowry's a great guy, He's not going to move the needle as much as you want with that specific team without Anthony Davis and, and LeBron James in the lineup. And on top of that, he's looking for 30, roughly 30 million a year for the net for, uh, for at least another two-year contract, I believe. So he wants that security. Lakers can't give him that with the contracts they got with Anthony Davis and LeBron James now locked in. So it doesn't make sense to make that move. So I think Rob Palenka was just like, look here, bro. Look, I got – I understand – you know, I, we have a lot of history together. You saw what I did with Kobe, you know, Kobe you know, and everything like that. We have the history around the league. I know you you got a championship. You're trying to, you know, do your thing with the GOAT, you know, be trying to be the GOAT. And, you know, you got Anthony Davis. You know, I, I, I mean, I saw what happened, what you did when you worked with Chicago Talent. I got to hear the L.A. So, therefore, once you got that long term, man, you have to ride this one with me, bro. You have to ride this wave with me because I'm not going to put the team in that much of a jeopardy to where if you don't win it this year, you got Kyle Lowry and you got Anthony Davis on your squad. I don't know what else to tell you because I can't do too much the following years because all my money is going to be gone. I'm already, I'm already having a hard time locking up Dennis Schroeder, and he's not even near, near the talent that what Kyle Lowry is at this present moment. So what can I do? Help me help you. Like that's, that's pretty much what Rob is saying at this point. Like help me help you. And – I think yeah. this is it's 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 definitely to that to that point. It's probably you could guess that it's probably a lot more of a a delicate situation right now 
in, in LA and, and, you know, given the injuries, given, you know, uh, either, I think, but also the fact that they have their title already, that they have their title now. Like if, if you, if they were in this situation last year with these pieces, there may have been more of a, you know, we got to get it type of approach. There may have been more of an urgency involved and there may have been less of a trust back and forth between LeBron and his camp and the front office of the Lakers. I, I would think that there's maybe more of a trust that's involved between those guys, between those respective camps at this point, because they, they got each other that championship last year. And like I said, there's less of an urgency because of that as well. So yeah, maybe that's why that trigger didn't get pulled in particular. And, you know, in this section of the, of the conversation, I was just thinking about how with most of these moves today, sort of centered in the East, not much activity in the West outside of Denver, you know, Portland did a couple of things, but not, you know, big, big things. And, um, you know, you know, you look at the other contenders, you know, nothing from Utah, of course, no, and no really need to from them, from, from the Suns, you know, uh, there was some talk about maybe some bigger moves with the Clippers. They wind up getting Rondo, but you know this again. You can argue about how big a move that is, but I'll, we still have a little bit of a of a market here with a couple big men, potentially uh, who are going to be released. Drummond is pretty much out the door in Cleveland, and uh, looks like uh, Aldridge is going to be the same thing for him in San Antonio. Uh, you know, as a pot there was talk going back a couple of weeks that they may get traded neither gets traded they're uh, look like they're going to be on the market as uh as buyouts so what, what do you guys think about those two and what impact they could have on the uh on the on the buyers market that r- remains after the deadline that you know after today and uh you know who would you who would you expect those guys to maybe go to will they will they have more an effect will they have an effect in the west Will you know maybe Drummond go to LA, or you know, will will they sort of stick in the east? Will they will they stick in the east as well? You know, they must talk about Drummond in New York and Aldridge in Boston. Like, you know, what, what do you guys think? It sounded like um, Aldridge was uh, headed to Miami, uh, headed for Miami. Oh, yeah, Miami as well. Yeah, yeah, just glad yeah. About, yeah. Um, I know. Before Blake got to Brooklyn, they were talking about Drummond going there. Um, but like you said, now it seems like he might be headed for the Lakers. Um, with LeBron and AD still kind of nursing their own injuries. I mean, maybe that's not the worst pickup, you know, for a rental for the season. It's just that I, I don't know if his 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 fit to that team, given that they have Gasol, who is a better, who can stretch the D better. Um, stretch the defense better. Uh, so I'm not. I'm not sure, man. I'm not sure, but I would like to see Aldridge go ahead and make that move to Miami, though. Like I said, well, you, you want know, to see you want to see Miami go full uh, go full gungan on everybody, you know, just you know, just <laughs> <full laughs> try. Uh, as 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 much as they can, as much as they can, you know, they they still they still gonna be looking up at at least one other team in the East, if not Philly and Milwaukee possibly. But, um, yeah, you know, I'm all for Jimmy getting more and more help. Uh, side note, 
Any, have there been any reports of um, either one of those guys going to Boston? Because them they have fell off a cliff, man. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. That the, the only thing I heard was Aldridge, maybe. But mm. yeah. Mm. But yeah, Boston has been Boston has been interesting because they they picked up Fournier, and, and they I was you know I I was I was kind of hoping they would get involved with some with some Lori talk yesterday. I, you know, I did a couple of runs on the ESPN trade machine and I worked out some stuff with that, but I actually was going to maybe do a piece on that, but I couldn't get to it before the deadline. But, but, uh, yeah, I, I was kind of hoping they'd get involved on the Laurie talk, but they, you know, they wound up doing some stuff indirectly with the bulls, I guess. And it, but it more benefits the bulls. It looks like to me, you know, getting tight, enticed and you know what they getting, you know, and, and, and respond. So I don't know. It, it's, it'll be interesting. Like Boston is not in a good space right now. It seems like, but they didn't. They didn't really uh, weren't too aggressive to that. Nah, I mean it's hard to compete with you know sunshine and palm trees. I mean, come on now. Is, is nah, don't go to the beach, man. It's all about the beach and chicken wings with Josh. Yeah. Josh's about to risk it all, man. Hey, <laughs> if I could be anywhere right now, it would definitely be on a beach with some chicken wings. So best believe <laughs> I'm going to vouch for that. But you want to talk about – but I think, honestly, a lot of this really comes down to who they ideally want to win with because if you want to talk about a contending team, it don't matter what team you put them on, they're going to they're gonna contribute to a championship team. They're going to contribute. But are they going to be satisfied with the minutes they're going to play? Are they going to be satisfied in the role that they're going to play, especially when it comes to offensively? That's why, for me personally, I think Andre Drummond would most likely go to the Knicks because right now they are in the playoff hunt, um, but he but they don't have a true center. Um, he'll get a lot more, you know, run attention with the with the potential opportunity of making making even more money long term since they do have a big cap space for next year. In the offseason. So I think he's thinking, I think he might be thinking full picture and thinking, you know what, the Knicks got something going on good. Man, I might as well go there and do my thing while I also can collect the bag. I won't be surprised if he goes there. Um, I think Lamarcus all just to Miami is honestly the best option for him, just because of the culture where they're going winning-wise. Um, and the fact that Quite frankly, when you load up with Jimmy Butler, one of the areas they need to load up in is probably the big men department. He fits that he fits that skill set, um, especially offensively when Bam out of is not going, or he can't fit. Or I mean, having a roster lineup with him at the four or the five next to, next to Bam and Jimmy, that's a tough front court to guard and mess with on both ends. So I think that's something that you know he's probably really considered, and that's why he's a lead front lead front runner. I'm more interested, though, as far as what other players could be bought out soon. You know what I mean? That hasn't been reported as of yet. Because depending on the on the player and, and the and the team, that you know, we may see a quick shift in the bio market when it comes to guards or when it comes to you know wing players in depth. I don't I don't really know just yet. Um, but you know, if, if, depending on what what happens to that buyer's market, it you know it could open up a lot of ears to some teams. Honestly, I would actually be great to see if the Bulls can even get into some of that stuff for a rental just to get through this year. Um, I, You know, our, our guy Scoop reported how Andre Drummond has been in Chicago half of the time 
you know, with him being away from the team. He's been in Chicago half of the time. So he has some type of some type of a connection to the city that he likes for him to be here, especially with this bipolar ass weather. So therefore, I will give him a call and say, hey, what's happening? You want to consider us? I mean, obviously we got Vucevic, so we can't really put him at that center position, you know, with that going on. But before that, if you talk about keeping Quindell Carter Jr., I thought that would be a great option for the Bulls to look into. So I don't know. I think it just depends on, on the players and and how they view their fits and roles with some of these teams. Are you trying to win a championship? Yeah, you better make it work with the, with the top contenders. And if not, go to a team where they can, can fulfill what you want to fulfill. And that's why a Knicks team could be a surprise dark horse for them. Yeah. Knicks, I think the Knicks going to fit in pretty good eventually. Whether they, you know, especially if they get a drumming in that four, five, six range, I would, I would see, I think they'll stay in that sort of range in the East, you know, whether they get him or not. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll see how the fallout is, and uh, we'll continue with that next week. But uh, I, I want to get to some college stuff before we go. And uh, But the last thing I want to talk about, go back to the Bulls uh, on the pro side, uh, Ryan Borgia, uh, you know, does a lot of good cap stuff on the Bulls um, on Twitter. He put up a cap sheet at a post deadline, and uh, he of uh, uh, the team, you know, team cap sheet. Like I said, it was all the players listed on that they have under contract and everything. And uh, he he says that he projects the Bulls to have between twenty three and twenty five million dollars in cap space for the off season. Um, and that is if they renounce cap holds on Felicio, Dice, Valentine, Temple, Green, and Makoka. And how, the, how it breaks down is you got uh, Vucevic, Levine, Williams, White, and Troy Brown Jr. all guaranteed money. Vucevic, of course, is now the highest paid player on the team, 24 mil. No, Zach is a uh, 19.5. Everybody, you know, Williams and Kobe still on their rookie deals, and Troy Brown is a uh, well, yeah, Troy Brown on his rookie deal as well. He was drafted, he was drafted the same year as uh, Wendell Carter, you know, so he's on his rookie deal. Uh, Daddy is young and Sadaransky are non guaranteed uh, uh, contracts going into the summer. Uh, you know, they're both they make a combined twenty four mil. Uh, Aminu, who they took on today, has a player option. He's making just over 10 mil. Uh, team option on uh, Ryan Archer Diacono, he's at 3 mil. Cap holds on, like I said, Felicio Thies, Valentine and Temple. Felicio, of course, has that ridiculous 14 mil a year. And uh, Thies is uh, making over 9 mil. Denzel, over 8 mil. Uh, and of course, we know Lari is restricted, uh, free agent going into the summer. He's making over twenty, and uh, everybody else is cheap. Like Javante Green, who they just got today, just over a mil. Makoka, Devin Dotson, just so uh, he's a two-way player as well. So they, so they currently the team is just over seven million over the cap, and. That's with yeah, without yeah, and they yeah. or or they just not a yeah. That's no no. I'm I'm looking at the wrong. Excuse me. They are over fifty million. 
So they got they got the salary is one sixty three mil, the cap is one twelve mil. So yeah, but the guaranteed salary, looking into the summer, is seventy two mil. So that gives you some some look of what they're dealing with in the summer, and um, you know the the options that are going to be there. So you know, but essentially, the players who you know are going to be with the team next year is Nikola, Zach. P. Will, Kobe, and Troy Brown Jr. Now, everybody else is sort of up in the air. Oh, uh, Felicio's staying with the team, though. If I can, if I can meet Felicio, <laughs> you think Felicio? He stayed on the team as long. I, I, I want to shake his hand. <laughs> that was that was the prior management, though. I don't know. Like my man is finessing the hell out the Bulls, getting what? Four, we said fourteen mil. Yeah, he must got some naked pictures on something. Sitting his ass on the bench for 14 mil? Yeah. What? Yeah. I want to shake his hand. What? I want to shake his hand. I want to I want to take him to dinner. I want to say I want to shake his hand. I want to have a shot with him. This is how Felicio go. This is how Felicio go into the every practice. What what if he's a genuine asset to the team in a way that we just can't see it? <laughs> we do we just can't see it. You know? There's Dude. not a Give me the Maybe tools. Maybe he gives really good footwork. Please give me the tools. Please give me the tools. Help me finesse so I can finesse in life. Like, help me. Because <laughs> this is that's the ultimate finesse. 14 mil to sit on a bench, don't even do, and not do jack. He got it made in the oh, shade, Made in the million dollar shade. Man. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll be that. I'll I'll be so glad when that contract is off the books for the Bulls. Although and he did have, he did have to suffer through them three days with boiling though. So that's that is true. That is true. <laughs> they all everybody who played through boiling should get a little bit of a bonus. <laughs> Some type of bonus they should get. That. I, I I don't know, man. That's that's crazy, but I, but. One thing that we can be confident about when you talk about analyzing the bull situation, obviously we know what Arturis Karnisovic and Mark Eversley can do. I forgot his name. I want to say his name is JJ. Is this, this JJ Polk or something like that? But that's a brother that worked in New Orleans on the Anthony Davis deal. All right, yeah. That, that's the same guy that works. That was a capital. Um, he was a capital specialist for the Pelicans. Yeah, you're right. Really worked with that that team in that offseason to get everything that they got from Anthony Davis, JJ Redick, um, you know, Zion Williamson. They got everything that they got that offseason to make New Orleans what it was. And that was arguably the best offseason New Orleans had in history, right? So you have that now here. So imagine if he can do if he can work with front office management to do that, considering the change that our Arturis Carnusimus, Mark Eversley made even now. I have I have more of a peaceful comfort in the fact that in this offseason, who knows what can happen because either have the right person that can make it work. So I can I can sit back it's, it's just, my dreams and chicken wings and my beach vision, hoping that the Bulls can get their act together and do what they're supposed to do. Because clearly with this bipolar weather, I can't get that. <laughs> We're gonna lose Josh soon. Josh gonna go to Texas. 
<laughs> one day we're gonna do the show and he's gonna be like, right, no, I'm but, in Houston. But you're, right. Right. you're right. Well, he knows I've already done a couple of shows outside of Illinois, so <laughs> <laughs> so, so Kyle knows. <laughs> Josh be moving around, yeah, he does. But bump J. But but you're right though, like oh <laughs> The, 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 the people who are in control are much are much better than they, than they have been before. So that's the main thing that we could take solace in and, and take comfort in, you know, right now and going forward. The people who are making the decisions are much better than they've been in a long time. And they proved once again today why they should be, why we should trust in ACME, in AK and ME. And and you know the cap guy like like uh like Josh says as well you know we should trust in these guys and uh, you know I'm looking forward to seeing what else they have in store for us you know uh be, you know beyond this summer but we can also look right now at the next game coming up and we gonna have some new bulls and uh feel like we have a much more competent team that uh that is representing Chicago right now so that's a good thing. But uh, also another competent team that is representing Chicago, Loyola of Chicago, as, as they have to say nationally. But, uh, you know, we just say Loyola here. And uh, in the Sweet 16, they, they, they ran through U of I, man. And, and in our, our war tournament challenge, Everybody, yeah. Everybody who's involved is, is gone now. Their their title <laughs> is gone. Who they picked, and what, except for uh, Ken Davis, he picked Gonzaga. Oh. The, uh, the the the, the contrarian that he is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he's still alive, but he's he's number three in the rankings now. Josh actually, but me and Josh are are top. Uh, are tied for the the best. Performance so far, but Josh, yeah, but oh, Josh, snap. you have you have a your your max total potentially is much better than mine because even though we both picked Illinois to win, but your max potential for points you you can get nine ten and I'm I, apparently I'm maxing out at seven fifty. That's if all the rest of my picks are good. Josh but, uh, picked Oral Roberts. <laughs> He just saw Oral and picked that, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, Drew picked Eleanor. <laughs> Drew, Drew, your max is better than mine too. 890. You can get <laughs> really yeah. I stopped paying attention after Sunday, man. So I'm done. <laughs> and and <laughs> and Chris, you didn't pick anyone, but you sort of missed out, yeah. yeah. But but by not picking anyone, you sort of doing better than all of us who picked Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> but I would have. I was gonna pick Illinois though. Illinois is going. I had Illinois in my title game. Peace of mind, brother. Peace of mind. Well, yeah, I am. I am the Andre of the seasons tournament. Uh, Andre from the league. Yeah, yeah, Illinois time. ruined a lot of brackets. Man. <sighs> <laughs> Bro, I can't tell you how I'm set up. Illinois ruined a lot of brackets. So did Ohio. Oh, Ohio State. Ohio State. Yeah, the Big Big Ten was has been real whack in the in the tournament. You know, it's we got we, you know, this has been a wild tournament, man. But 
like I say, Loyola's still in there. A couple of like a uh, couple of bigger seeds in there. Well, let me let me look at the bracket. Uh, a team with with two NBA players on it lost to a team full of computer programmers, man. <laughs> Who are we talking about now? But they had they I had two guys. They, they had two guys. Luke, Luke I'm just kidding, I swear. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't have no, don't have Crutwig approach you on the street now, man. You you a big dude. <laughs> approach approach him to what? Sell him a car? <laughs> <laughs> Offer him a deal on plumbing? What? Hey, all I'm gonna say is that man went toe to toe with Kofi. Kofi, man, Kofi is a yeah. big dude, man. That's some big body right there, man. Yeah, man. Don't sleep on me. But I ain't giving but dang, those, those two None. guys. <laughs> those two guys play. They showed their experience. They played in the final four before. And and like just that whole team is co like you know, Moses is one of the best coaches in America, man. You and he he showed out against Underwood, man. I'm I don't know what what uh, what type of a preparation, a plan that he had for for his guys, but they just uh, the whole to not lead at all in that game is 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 really embarrassing for Illinois. We think about it, but you know, hey, that's that's what it is, man. That's that's kind of what U of I does to you at some at some point, man. They they sort of let you down, unfortunately. Let, but let me ask you this: Let me ask you guys this: A little bit of a like a fallout question. I know you can never count another man's money and. You know, if you got a potential of being a lottery pick, you can't pass it up for anything. But is there any chance that IO comes back? I don't see it. I I would say less than less than five percent or less. It's very minute. Very minute. Yeah, you got. I mean, look, he 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 really has proved himself at that level. That outside of going deep in the tournament, you know, he he has proved himself, and as a guard. I think you have you have much more of ability to sort of uh, jimmy yourself into the 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 first round, you know, the sort of a you know smoke and mirrors yourself into that first round, and you know get some first round money as opposed to a Kofi who may may be sort of bound for the second round if he comes out this year, which he still may. I I would. If I was in his ear, I'd tell him to stay for that fourth year myself. But yeah, but Io, I think, I think what he's getting in his ear and what he seen, you know, of himself, I don't think it's a it's the worst decision for him to go into the league after this. You know, he, even though he had one of the worst performances of his uh, college career against uh, Loyola, but you know. now, now does that does that hold true? Do you guys feel the same way? If you know, guys are telling them, hey, man, you probably not going to go in the lottery. Does that still hold true? You still feel like it's going to be small chance that he – only a small chance that he um, returns if guys are telling him, hey, man, you probably middle well, to first. What guys – Who? it depends on who's saying that. You know, all the stuff that we talked about with Sean last time out or a couple of shows ago, who who is going to supplant him in the draft lottery? You know, who's going to push him to the, the teens? And that's an honest question. I'm not. I'm not saying like there's nobody who's going to do it. Like who who's going to do it? I mean, I think for his career and what it could be in the league, 
it might be best for him to go out because Sean brought up a good point, like Chris mentioned in the previous show. He, even though he wants to be a lottery pick, if he goes to a good culturally sound team like a Miami, a San Antonio Spurs, um, a, a, or like a Portland Trevor, somewhere where there's legit, you know, basketball culture where he can thrive and he can grow and develop in, that could actually take his talents to become and having a more such a, a more longevity of a career in the league compared to going to a team where he can make a lot of money and being a lottery pick, but he may not succeed, may not succeed, he may not have the full thrive because he doesn't have the resources that he that he would need to excel. And so, it, so depending on how things go, whether he stays or not, you know, that's up to him. But I do think, you know, if he were to come up this year, it may not be a bad choice if he can go down to one of those culturally sound teams that you know that you know you can win in, you know you can thrive in, you know you can de- you develop your game around, and at least use that as a plat as a platform for the next level of where you're trying to get to, especially if you're trying to secure that bag. It's 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 an interesting decision. I think I think plus two the fact that the reports were mostly that he was going to leave last year, and he didn't show nearly as much after last year that he did after this year. I think you know he gave it a shot, and um, you know I think I think he's going to he's going to make his move. But it's interesting too. Like we look at other potential pros or expected pros. You know, K. You know, you know how much are you really affected by the tournament? You know, is is K. Cunningham really affected by being knocked out in the second round? You know, you know, is is uh, are the Gonzaga guys going to be affected by likely going to the you know all the way? You know, they got a couple guys. I actually saw uh, Mike Schmitz on uh, Scott Van Pelt last night. He was talking. He was talking up Corey Kispert for Gonzaga, and uh, saying that he may end up in the lottery because of the uh, the showcase that Gonzaga is expected to have now. So, you know, it, it's interesting, man. But you know, as far as the tournament itself goes, I think it's going to be hard to knock anyone to knock that Gonzaga team off. They they play more surely than any other top seed going forward. I think Loyola has a good chance to make the, the Elite Eight again. When you look at their region, uh, you know, say they're knocking Illinois off. They got to play Oregon State, which is another, again, another big Cinderella team come out of nowhere. They got to play them uh, this Saturday. If they beat them, they got either Syracuse or Houston. And um, I was talking with Larry, Larry Holly at WGN uh, on Monday about Loyola and Houston potentially meeting. Those would be the top two defensive teams in the nation going against each other. So it, it wouldn't be a matchup necessarily where Loyola would have to maybe strain itself athletically. They probably would, if they just get down on get down low like they typically do and do their thing as a defense, they may be able to, uh, to handle themselves in that game. But I, I think my, my revised Final Four, you know, which, you know, given my, my original Final Four, you could take with a grain of salt if any my revised Final Four means anything. But uh, I would say I, I'm, I'm going with my heart again and taking Loyola out the Midwest. 
I'll say uh, Baylor out the south, Gonzaga out the west, and I'm going with Michigan out the east. Just they survive that LSU game. And uh, Florida State's going to be pretty tough for them. And uh, Alabama expectedly in the Elite Eight would, could be pretty tough too in the east. But I'm going to just go with Michigan to represent the uh, Big Ten in the uh, Final Four. And uh, Gonzaga and Baylor is going to be in the championship game, uh, sort of the one-two matchup that everybody's been expecting for the remainder of the year. Y'all, y'all got any thoughts on uh, along those lines? I, 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 not necessarily along those lines, but I'll say this. Um, I had Big Ten Network and stadium play-by-play broadcaster Chris Vosters on my show this week. So check that out uh, on Friday. New ITS. Yes, sir. New ITS. Um, but we talked about the March Madness tournament, how he covers some of the tournament, and he knows the in-depthness of the Big Ten teams and things of that sort. Um, he said two valid points that stuck out to me. One of them was the fact that if Gonzaga was ever to lose to anyone, this next game would be the opponent. Uh, with Creighton, just because Creighton themselves play at such a high-paced game that that's what you need to keep up with Gonzaga. And Gonzaga hasn't played too many teams where, you know, you have that high-pacedness, they have to compete against their own style of play. So with Creighton being in the mix, he said that can cause some trouble for Gonzaga, you know, down down especially down the stretch if the game is tight. I'm not saying I, I do believe Gonzaga's going to win it all, but if there's a, a, an opponent to look out for when you're talking about what could run into Gonzaga's way, that's one of them. And he also mentioned too, um, not to count out Michigan, just because what Juwan Howard has done to turn that program around, even with their best player out, and I do and I do believe that. You know that he's the uh, I forgot his name. I think that name is Lyles or something like that. Him being out, I think he's eventually going to make a return if the if Michigan does keep winning, and if they do, that just bolsters the the, the roster as a whole back to full strength, um, which is something that we already knew throughout the season was already deadly because that's what made them win the, the regular comp the regular season Big Ten comp Big Ten tournament, and for the and I think. When it comes to the Big Ten Network as a whole, or the Big Ten Conference as a whole, um, with it, all those teams being knocked out so early, um, with the fact that they had to play against each other for so much for so long throughout the season, and not having a lot of non-conference games, I think it just battled them out for so long they just couldn't they didn't know how to compete with the other top talent, and that's why you saw so many upsets. They're too busy. They were too busy clashing at each other. For all season long, that when it came, especially through the Big Ten championship, we saw how Ohio State almost gave it to Illinois in overtime and how much of a brutal game that was. Um, so with the tough turnarounds, not much practice time, and the fact that the Big Ten is so talented but yet so physical that when it came to them playing against non-conference, tournament, uh, non-conference games in this March Madness, they weren't prepared for it because they were exhausted, they were tired, and quite frankly drained. And I don't know if the preparation would have been an issue, though. I think, but I, I see what you're saying. But I think it, it's hard to to analyze the college game. You know, there's so many, you know, these kids come out and, and the performances could vary so much 
from you know from day to day. I think there was a lot of people who would look at the Big Ten teams and say what that they them battling each other like they did throughout the year would have been like a, a steel sharpened steel situation where it led them to being being overly ready or overly prepared for these other teams that they could have saw in in the tournament. I think personally it just comes down to matchups, individual matchups. And the the draws that you get in the tournament mean the most. Like I said, with Illinois, you know, it really Loyola just wound up really being one of the worst matchups they could have had. Cause Loyola played they played a great they played great man to man defense. They put they get in the passing lanes. They don't they don't let up. And when you know the when Illinois couldn't get their pick and roll stuff going, when and and when Illinois couldn't get their jump shots, they couldn't get out quickly with their jump shots. Like you no, know, Williams was was wasn't hitting, uh, Frazier wasn't hitting, Io wasn't hitting, and they had such a bad first first half, just fell back and they just could never get into the game like they wanted to. Even though they were getting the ball out to Kofi and he was getting some buckets. They they just lack so much on the perimeter that which you know typically makes you like compare the game that they had against Loyola to the game that they played against Ohio State in the Big Ten championship. Like that was those were two completely different teams. So you know the matchups are, the matchups are different and and you know if you get that bad matchup even if it's a t- and like the level of the level of talent is different overall. In college play is is more fl- flattened than it's ever been. You know, even with these young, with these smaller schools, they just you know can find ways to beat the bigger schools in, in ways like they never could before, more regularly than they ever could. So, yeah. And the, this year, I think um, limited larger schools in a way that it, it, yeah. it didn't didn't as much with the with the smaller schools, the mid majors. Or the really mid-tier schools, and I, I can't say exactly why, but I just don't think that they got a lot of. They didn't get the games that they were used to, the non-conference, um, like interconference tournaments that they were used to getting. So it's yeah. it just seemed like the level of preparation, um, even the playing field. Um, I was going to say you saw that on the women's side too, uh, but just checking the the lowest seat that made to the the Sweet Sixteen and the women's was six. And, and it's it's normal for it to be more top heavy in the women's college game, but right. um, you, you just I think you saw you, I think you saw that in both in both um, both games the men's college and the women's college throughout the season there were a lot of upsets. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a I was I've been looking some at the women's tournament too. That's a I was looking at that Northwestern game the other day, and that was a tough loss, man. They got up. Pretty good on uh, on Louisville there, but Louisville just uh, ran them off the court in that second half. But that and that have been a seven beating the two there. Yeah, but, uh, that would have been big. Yeah, so yeah, it's 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 gonna be interesting to see what what, what do you think? What do you think? Right quick of that in that women's tournament, who do you think is gonna is, is looking like the favorites right now? The game to watch. I I can't say favorites uh, because all the I think only one – no, all the all the one seeds, all the top seeds are still in. UConn is good. They got Paige Buchers. 
Um, North Carolina State's a quality team. I think they had one injury to the one of their starters, so they might be a little up in the air. Uh, Stanford's playing Missouri State. That'll be an interesting game because Missouri State dominated their second round game, and they've been the best team in the Missouri Valley for the past three, four years. Yeah, they got a good program. And, uh, but that that Iowa Connecticut game is the one to watch because. A lot of people who are plugged in, in in women's college basketball and women's basketball are a little annoyed that Paige Buchers has been getting all the headlines for uh, various Dennis Rodman, Isaiah Thomas, uh, to Larry Bird type reasons, shall we say, as well <laughs> as being at, at UConn, uh, while Caitlin Clark is a freshman who's been putting up really, really, really good numbers for Iowa yeah. all, all year long, so... Uh, that's the matchup of the freshman, like pretty much the freshman of the year. And for a lot of Iowa, for some Big Ten fans, that might be the – if Iowa comes out on top, people are going to be asking why she didn't get looks for freshman of the year and player of the year uh, as well. But that's that really for me is the game to watch. Also, uh, Charlie Collier, uh, the center at Texas, who who showed out against Bradley. Uh, they, she's playing uh, Texas, playing Maryland on Sunday, Sunday night. That's the final game of the Sweet 16. And she's a quality player. Uh, she's really good. So I, it's hard to bet against Dawn Staley and, and South Carolina. But I think the Iowa-Connecticut game is, is really the, the game to watch on the weekend. And then that, uh, that Texas-Maryland game and the Missouri State-Stanford. So tune in to all that. Yeah, I'm gonna try to check out a couple of those, especially the Iowa, Connecticut one. But they uh, have some good ones, man. That uh, that Texas A&M finish in overtime. Yeah, that happened. That happened quick as hell. I, I watched that in. <laughs> I was. <laughs> I watched that. I was like, somebody got to stop ball, man. Somebody got to <laughs> pick up the ball. I like damn the game over already. <laughs> 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 then the girls ran out on the court. It was like, oh man, that was that was a good one though. Coaches yeah. weren't using timeouts. Yeah, yeah. That that you you rarely see an ending like that on the men's side. Every every men's game, like for every every real minute of play, every game. No, if every every play every minute of play on the court, you got to add like five minutes of real time to it. Like you know. <laughs> They, they, it takes so long to end a close men's basketball game in college, man. It's, you know, but but anyway, we we getting close to the end here, guys. It's been another great one. I, I just want to throw a couple things out at y'all right quick, though. Josh, who, who you think uh, DePaul gonna get to coach, man? See, some people talking about Porter trying to get Porter, man, back up the truck on him, man. I don't know if that's gonna happen, though. Uh, I don't see that happening. I think honestly, the best candidate that they're going to go after the most is probably Cleveland State's head coach. Um, I forgot his name. I'm really I bad. think Dennis Gates. Dennis Gates, yeah. He's a – you know, he's come from DePaul. He's a – you know, he's played under the system, so he knows what it's like to be in the city to play for the program. And I and I believe on one of, one of our, our last show, I think, when I was talking about with Ken and Ricky, or my last show with Ken and Ricky, um, I asked Ricky about that question too. And he said, you know, we talked about how Kenny Payne would be a good option. And I brought up the idea about of what if DePaul brings back some guys that actually went through the system, you know, went through the school during their glory days. 
like a Quentin Richardson or maybe like a Rod Strickland. And, and, and he said, even though they don't have coaching experience, if they get the right coach that has those connections, working with them would be ideal to have them on their bench as like assistant coaches. And I think that's going to be a big deal for DePaul. We talk about not just expanding um, the program, as far as expanding the program as a whole, and really improving your marketing, improving your recruitment and things of that sort. Especially with the college in the Big East and a small college in the heart of da- in the heart of the downtown city, why not? I mean, you have all the tools. You just need to get the right people in place to really excel and sell what DePaul has to offer, which is something that they struggle for so long to do. Um, they, and bringing in a guy that has coaching experience, but but a real connection to DePaul, and on not and on top of that, bringing in former NBA players and legends of the game that actually played at DePaul as well and really helped bring success to DePaul, I think that would be a sky's the limit for DePaul. So I hope they go that route. Um, and hopefully I do get to see, you know, Quentin Richardson or Ron Strickland on the bench next year when I be covering these games. So we'll see. Shout out to our guy Gabe, man. He uh, just threw in the comment with us. Uh, he mentioned in Rick Patino, man. Check, get Rick Patino out there small school. Get him back in the city, like man. I don't know. That might be too wild. <laughs> Trouble, calling, boy. <laughs> yeah, you, you're Rick Petito on Rush Street, man. I don't know about that. <laughs> let's let's not get into it. <laughs> let's not get into it, man. Real <laughs> back in. Let's. <laughs> Let's show, let's show some respect for sex workers, man. <laughs> I mean, Chuck, it's funny, too. Chuck was right when they were talking about, hey, Iona might be a team to watch. Iona, you know, watch out for Iona against this team. And he's like, yo, would we be saying anything about Iona if Rick Pitino wasn't coaching them? And they were like, oh. It's like, no. No. <laughs> Yeah. Um, it it shows it shows how good of a coach he is, a great of a coach he is. I mean, five was it five teams he's taken to the tournament, and for him yeah. to, to essentially be banished from major college basketball, he says, "Hey, screw it! I go to Iona and take them to the tournament. I'm, I'm gonna get on. I'm gonna get my shine somehow. I'm Rick. I'm Ricky P." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, I want to put up a couple things before we. Before, I mean, we're not going out, but just my my things to wind down on. As always, yeah. again, uh, big ups to the teams that made the tournament uh, on the men's and the women's side. I think there was only, I was I was thinking that Iowa would be the only one or one of the few left standing with two teams before they flopped, before the men's team flopped. Uh, so they're probably the right. best. Other than Michigan, is, is Michigan is not both teams. Michigan has two teams left in, I think, still. Okay. Yeah, Michigan's got their – they're going up against Baylor, though, so it, it, it'll be a little tough for them to keep to keep it moving. Yeah. Okay. Um, And then – oh, man, I just had it. Oh. Well, let, I'll, I'll shout out you uh, shouting out uh, – I was going to go with you talking about uh, Elgin Baylor. Uh, yeah. That was, um, um, you know, I did, yeah, I, I fashioned a little thing for it on, on our sub stack. 
but you know, you inspired me in that in that case. But I uh, saw that. I appreciate that, man. It was um, it it was surprising how much that one that one hit because there a while back I just started watching like finding clips of old basketball like just to watch, and people have uploaded full games from the '60s, uh, a few of those Celtics Lakers final series, and it's funny watching. Because between the foul circles is probably the biggest difference in the game. There's no three-point line. You couldn't switch hands when you dribbled. And there's a lot more um, inside-outside passing. And just like, you know, a lot of cuts in the way that you wouldn't cut now because of the way you can pass. But below the foul line, the game is really similar the way the guys yeah. like that last couple runs to the basket, the gather step, uh, behind the back passes, just looking for looking for um, the, the shot close to the rim. A lot of that's the same. And watching Elgin Baylor, it, even when you watch um, guys like West and Havlicek and Russell, um, Oscar Robertson, Sam Jones, Dick Barnett, the jump shots are a little off. You know, you had a lot more guys taking the hand off and pulling up like here, but jump shots still got the same arc, man. It's it's really cool to see how much that's translated. And I got I started watching that same Elgin Baylor video that everybody posted in 2014 or 15, and I would watch it like every couple of months because it was really, really magical. Just watching the stuff that he did. And the way he that looks he so playing. great playing is graceful. Yeah, it was it was so, and you and you realize that those cats were playing on hard, like actual hardwood, and Chuck Taylor's. That was it. Chuck right. Taylor's in like two pairs of socks. Hey, so look, look, and Chris, wait. remember, remember in in the last dance when Jordan tried to play in the Jordan ones, right? And how and his feet how were bleeding. Up his feet were yes. Imagine playing on chucks and and like I say on hardwood, on actual hardwood. Right. They got that stuff from they got they, they got those things from the, the nearest forest somewhere, just chopped <laughs> the things up and laid them things down, tax tax sticking out them and all, man. They they ain't do nothing nice to them floors. Bro, and no AC, like AC in those days was so different. Mm-hmm. Um, Couldn't have more than two brothers on the court at the same time. You had cats in there smoking cigars in the stadium, cigarettes, Red Auerbach puffing on a on a Cubano on the on the on the bench. Yeah. Uh, cat cats behind the backboard. Yeah, and the wild thing to me is like you talk about those Chuck Taylors. People think that basketball was played like uh, like ballet back in the day. No, nah, cats were still making the same hard cuts like you do right now with much better shoes. You look at any of those photographs of Oscar Robertson about to turn the corner and you see where his foot is and his knee is and how hard he's pushing off in Chuck Taylor's, my guy, or some PF Flyers or some Spaldines. It's, 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 inima- it's unimaginable. I, talk, I remember a guy, um, Mark Grudgeon, that I went to high school with said that um, when his like eighth grade team, his coaches got them some Chuck Taylors to play a game in in eighth grade and and they played one game and everybody was like, you know, that was that was too much. We can't do that anymore. <laughs> That's it. That's it. And you got you think about grown men doing that back in that era and the stuff that they were still able to do. 
Like somebody go out to the so go out to a playground right now. I dare you. I dare you. Go out to a playground right now with some green Chuck Taylors on and dunk it. And 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 come down on that playground asphalt the way you normally would. Boy, your hand your knees are gonna get that that same thing when you hit a, a ball off the, the the handle of the bat and you feel it all up in your wrist, that's what your knees are gonna feel like. Like somebody mm-hmm. rang a bell on them boys. Yeah. And, and, and you're gonna you're gonna be walking on your heels the rest of the day too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, it was it's it can't be understated what Elgin Baylor did for the for basketball. The Lakers were trash before he got there. Like Mikan was long gone. Nobody in Minnesota was coming out to see them. And they and um I think the the Celtics or somebody else offered the Lakers owner like two real big pack. No, the the Knicks. The Knicks offered a lot for Elgin Baylor, and he was like, "No." And they also used basically used that to to move to L.A. So think about that. No Elgin Baylor, or if that that plane crashes when he was a rookie, you lose the you lose the Lakers in Los Angeles. Period. You use the Lakers franchise for some period of time think about that marshall um college football team mm-hmm. and you lose so much of that history in basketball with that one moment but just if, if there's no elgin baylor there's no lakers in los angeles the team probably folds, and then you got no rival for the celtics and then you got boston just clamoring at the top of everything and nobody really wants that it, it can't be stated. It cannot be categorized how much he did for basketball. And this is a dude who didn't win a ring until his final season. Yes. Yeah, he was an amazing player, man. He was, he was an amazing player and, and a, mon- a monumental figure in uh, the history of basketball. So yeah, y'all do the knowledge, man. And definitely uh, check out our piece on Substack. Uh, War Ready, and uh, you know, check out all the other stuff that's out there, man. There's a bunch of stuff in his in his passing, uh, you know, uh, obituaries and features and whatnot. You know, just you know, respect respect the legacy of that man because he he did a lot. Like like say like Hove said, he he did what he did so that y'all wouldn't have to go through that. You know, uh, the same could be said for uh, for Elgin. You know, he went through a lot so that other brothers and other basketball players after him wouldn't have to go through similar uh, similar stress stresses and strains. So, you know, definitely respect to him and RIP. And, and was in regard in regards, you know, as we go out in regards to respecting the legends and respecting the forefathers, you know, Draymond, you are not the greatest bass defensive player of all time. And uh, all this stuff about uh, you know and then I don't know why Chuck is Chuck trying to be cool, saying that uh, uh, you know Harden is way better offensively than Jordan or Kobe. Like, come on, man, let's stop this. We, we got to nip these these goofy <laughs> storylines in the book. There's there's enough going on in basketball today. We don't have to get on this propaganda stuff. Y'all tried it with LeBron and it didn't work. Let's not let's not do it with lesser players. 
Okay. Or on a, so, on a small scale, the whole Kyrie is better than Allen Iverson. Oh, yeah, yeah that I'm too. seeing that. That too. Oh, yeah. that too. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. Don't do it. So, that's all I got to say. At that for white, white lines, don't do it. <laughs> right. Yeah, stop. Yeah, stop. Whatever you sniffing, stop it. If, if you if you injecting something other than the COVID vaccine, stop that. You know? Please, the life you save may be your own. Please. There's a reason why the online, online reputation. This is why I had someone buy this for me at a young age because Alan Iverson is that guy. I was able to shake his hand. Kyle was with us. He was able to shake the man's hand at All-Star Weekend. Yeah. Because. That's respect, man. That's respect. That's mad respect. Mm-hmm. Don't you ever put Kyrie Irving in that category. <laughs> ever. Ever. I, I, I don't get this from Kyrie in the future. That's how you know. <laughs> that's how you know. I need this. Right. <laughs> I need this, Kyrie. He may not have brought a championship. But guys, because of you, he got that culture right. Now everybody wearing all types of crazy clothes. Thank you. Please, I gotta. We gotta stop this. We gotta stop. Not about the I just can't. Right. I mean, I mean, look, look. We respect Kyrie. We respect Draymond. We respect all these players, man. But y'all don't have to put yourselves over the greats just to be appreciated, man. You know, all you're doing is playing yourself in the end, man. Just appreciate what you're doing right now. And, you know, we'll, we appreciate that. And and just appreciate the fact that you got more time to to further your legacy. You know, work on that. Don't be, putting, like I say, putting yourself over like you a wrestler or some rapper or something who, who you know, talking about they the best alive. And everybody knows that, you know, Rakim ain't dead yet, you know. Nas yes. ain't dead yet. You know, so quit saying you the best alive when when these other folks are still walking the room. You had me, whoa, you had me heated for a second. I'm like, yo, Rakim is not dead. <laughs> Rakim still wrap circles around a lot of y'all cats out here, man. Yeah. So Circle. just just think of that in regards Laps. to everything, you know, whether it's hooping or whatever, just think of that, you know. But uh, that's what we go. That's that's our PSA for the end of the show. Blasphemy, <laughs> right? Blasphemy. Stop that blasphemy. The of the Take him to church, man. The audacity. Right. right. Get your soul right. Get your soul right. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we gonna leave it with this week, man. It's been another great one. I've been struggling my whole. Ran it, ran pretty hard on this one, man. This was a great day, though. It was a real fun day. I was really anticipating doing this show. I anticipate doing every running with war, but this one I really was anticipating, and it turned out to be as great as it, as anyone. You know, we got a we got a squad again in Chicago, so let's see how that goes, and let's see how the rest of this NBA season unfolds. We got a nice. Uh, you know, nice beginning to the end of things here with this trade deadline. A lot of stories are being reignited, new talents being moved around. Let's see what impact they'll have on the uh, on the hunt for this latest championship. So that's it for now. Uh, 
like I said, Josh said, like Josh said, he's got to do ITS coming out tomorrow. If you want to hear some more talk on the tournament, definitely uh, check that out on uh, on War on Anchor and uh, War on YouTube here. And uh, yeah, Drew, Chris, anything you, anything else you guys want to shout out before we go? Nah, just you know everything that's going on in this country, man. You still got to look out for number one. Protect yourselves. Don't let your guard down just yet, y'all. We're gonna protect your net. Give a hand up to the next person. Um, stay vigilant, man. There's a lot of there's a lot of things going on that might not help you. Not I don't mean to say this like counteracting Drew at all, but there's a lot of things going on there that might help might not help you personally, but they're gonna help people around you who you're intertwined with. So so keep your eyes open, man. That's that's a good point. That I've I said that on on another show. Like, yeah, don't be acting like, oh, just because it ain't me or it ain't my people, that uh, you know, that, that I shouldn't be active in trying to protect others. You know, yeah. Like I said, I, I try to say it all it, with almost every show. Like, do some, you know, protect yourself, protect someone else if you can, man. You know, because. We are all we got is each other. We, you know, we if we if we can rely on each other more, we'll be a stronger community and stronger society. So definitely keep that in mind, you know. But uh, that's it for now, though. We are RegalRadio.com, War on Anchor, War on YouTube, War Media on all the major platforms. Search us and subscribe. Pass us if you like what we do. Pass along to your friends and family or whatnot. You know, shout us out online. Show us love. We show it right back. Follow these good men under their tags there where you see them out in these internet streets. And, uh, yeah, that's it for now. We'll be back next week with another fun-filled, adventurous episode of Running With War. Until then, keep bouncing.